Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Andy Murray, and you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. We have just seen Rafael Nadal departing the Rod Laver Arena just a few short moments ago, signing autographs in quite a lot of emotion, actually. He's just been interviewed by Jim Courier after beating Francis Tiafo in straight sets. It wasn't a particularly competitive match. 6-3, 6-4, 6-2, Tiafo certainly gave a decent account of himself. Nadal, well, we'll talk about the nitty-gritty of his performance in a minute, but he was superb. But the emotion, where did that come from, Catherine? I, I, he was talking to, jo- to John McEnroe, I was almost taken by surprise by the emotion, but when he was talking us through it, I thought, yeah, I know it, I know what you mean now. Yeah, he kind of had to explain to us all why why he felt so emotional about reaching the semi-finals here, because I think we all think, that's Rafael Nadal, you know, what what big deal is reaching a Grand Slam semi-final for him? Um, but actually, he's only won the title here once, you know, as we, we expressed surprise at know, remembering that the other night. I, I mean, I said he'd won it twice on air. Yeah, because I, I was I mean, thinking I, that can't be right. Yeah, it, it, yeah, that one time when uh, do your research, Law. cried. Well, I, 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 there's a lot of people that have been guilty of, at the very least, being taken aback by mm. that statistic. You know, he reached the final here a couple of years ago. I think you just think, oh yeah, Nadal, you know. But actually, um, you know, his hard court stats in recent years are, are awful and awful for largely reasons that have been taken out of his hands injury wise you know having we we know that I think that quote from Nadal about I I fight every single point as if my life depends on it yeah we, we even if he might not say it explicitly certainly in English anyway um how much it kills him to have to retire from Grand Slam matches mm. I think I think m- m- I think that was the kind of thing that he was expressing tonight in that interview with John McEnroe. Well, if you, you know, that he's had to retire from his last two hardcourt Grand Slams. And, and if you and go past back in the history of this tournament, I remember when Andy Murray, I think the first year Andy Murray reached the final, they played each other in a, in a semi and he had to pull out. Then there was the one where he was playing David Ferrer and he was going to face Murray in the semis and he pulled his hamstring. And then there was the one... The final where, against Vavrinka. Yeah. Vavrinka, I can't remember. It was his back, wasn't it? Yeah, the semi-final here he last got, year. He got booed by the crowd yeah. because they couldn't understand what yeah, he was I doing. Yeah, I think we all just think, Rafael Nadal, um, 17? 17-time Grand Slam yeah. champion. Runs through brick walls. Yeah, he's he's barely been troubled here this year. 
three, four and two against Francis Tiafo. Routine, you know, normal service resumed. Everything is normal. Whereas actually for him and for all of us really observing him and, and invested in him, this is actually a really big deal. And that's great. You don't want them all to be like, yeah, no, water off a duck's back. Mm. I'm into another semi-final. This is just what I do. <laughs> it, it was it was lovely. It was great, it was really actually, lovely because it, it followed a crunching performance against TFO. Who, who, I mean, he was just his whole skill set was negated it, it, just by this avalanche of Rafael Nadal intensity and and big hitting from the baseline and the angles and the movement, everything he brings. And he, he just, he found a way to highlight Tiafo's current shortcomings, which I dare say he will improve, but he has a problem with his, with his backhand. And the worst and man in the world to play if you've got a problem with your backhand <laughs> is a guy who's bounding the ball up high to your left shoulder. It's, it's such a different backhand to forehand isn't it for Tiafo they're two it's like they're you've extracted them from two completely different players he's got this really flat backhand and this really like interest we're getting attacked by seagulls there are seagulls (laughs) we are sitting currently folks on a on a grass hill next to the big screen where we've just seen Nadal beating Tiafo the floodlights are on we're still in Melbourne Park and we are surrounded by about 30 seagulls just having a little I think Probably these are, the same seagulls that prevented Joe Conta from <laughs> moving to court three the other day. I think they're listeners. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they have just suddenly swarmed in. Yes, they have. So, um, but what do we think? What if if we're talking about Nadal in terms of being the ultimate exposer of weaknesses? What's he going to expose in Stefano Sitsipas? That's a very good question. Well, I think for a start, he will still try the high looping forehand to the backhand because. It's worked for years against Federer, hasn't it? It's only recently that Federer's figured out a way to deal with it, which is just to go all-out attack, flatten it out and smack it as hard as he can early in rallies. I do feel that Tsitsipas could do something similar. I think he has the ability. I'm not sure tactically whether he will figure that out quickly enough to be able to to, to, to beat Nadal, but well, the way he talks... He talks analytically. He talks as though he's... Because he's played him before and he wasn't that far away, that he's going to do his homework, you know? Yeah, he's not a, I'm just going to play my game and see if that's good enough kind of guy. Well, you you told us the other day, didn't you? You told us about his tactics ahead of Federer. Yeah, and that was exactly what we ended up seeing on the court. Federer played the match that Tsitsipas wanted to play. And and it was interesting, you know, I, I said at the end of that practice session, they stayed... They, they stayed beyond their booking mm. and uh, during that period they were focusing on uh, d- during that extended practice period they were focusing on serve and return and on the return Apostolos sits a pass great name father and coach could there be a better was, Greek name than that <laughs> it's, it's so fantastic uh, was making Stefanos drill the backhand return and for the first five minutes they were hitting the fence it was it was dire and and he wasn't quite sulking Stefanos but he was like come on we've done our practice Mm. you know this isn't going well but he kept he made him persist his dad did and until uh, until he started finding his range and finding his timing and and I was thinking 
surely against Federer you want to be chipping the return or something and hey look that worked and uh, I'm going to his practice session tomorrow actually um, oh, it's pass, fascinating we're, we're hoping to be able to doorstep Apostolos new mm. best mate uh, <laughs> once again so I will let you know in tomorrow night's podcast Apostolos what tactics are being planned yeah. see I th- I remember you saying uh, after the Stefano Sitsabas press conference when he was he was talking about Tommy Robredo, wasn't he? It, sort of without Not by name, without but naming him, we're but pretty was, sure. Yeah, he was referencing the fact that Robredo, a single-handed backhand player, had beaten Federer at the U.S. Open, and that he'd clearly been studying YouTube videos of this. And I just wonder whether, and I know it's not a, a single-hander. You think of the the success that both Djokovic and I'm thinking specifically Murray have had against Nadal by absolutely flattening out and belting backhands at him. The cross-court in particular. That angled, knifed cross-court backhand. Mm. Yep, you're absolutely right. I remember watching that here, that first semi-final that that Murray played against Nadal would have been... just before my 20... Uh, hang on. 21st birthday. Uh, 2008? Yeah. Uh, 2007 was when the, when Murray played Nadal here. Right then, that yeah, one. I think, yeah, that was, that, um, that was the one. Yeah, and he lost Murray, but it was that sort of... Wow. It was a light bulb He's, moment. It was a light bulb moment, and it was a specific sort of tactical light bulb moment mm. because, boy, did it... Boy, did that work. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I wonder... I mean, it's obviously easier to do with the double hander. Yeah, well, I think I think the the theory when is when it's bouncing up high, you've got more control, I suppose, over the double hander. That said, Sitsipas's backhand feels sturdy in a it way does. in a way that Federer's and Sampras's maybe felt like a weakness. It felt of all their shots that felt like a weakness. I still don't think Sitsipas's backhand is a weakness. However speaking to Pat Cash today, interviewed Pat today, and he said, I feel that Sitsipas's backhand return is the problem. He, he, well, that's what they were working on. Yeah, he, he said, he said yeah. basically Roger Federer had a, a source of points on serve any time he wanted them by going to the backhand of Sitsipas, um, which I found very interesting because, I, I mean, I hadn't seen that, but then, you know, Pat Cash understands the technicalities of the game. If we're going to name drop... Mm. Can I tell you who Mats Verlander thinks is going to win the tournament? Name drop at will. He thinks Milos Raonic is going to win the tournament. Does he? Yeah. Based on? Well, based. I mean, based on what we've all seen. I mean, he's which playing is how, well. How look, well he's playing, how well he's serving. But the, he's, um, he's never beaten Novak Djokovic in his whole career. He's never beaten Novak Djokovic in his whole career. Semi-final opponent, if he I gets mean, that far. I'm not necessarily endorsing this view. I'm also not disagreeing with Mats Verlander. I'm sitting firmly on the fence. But we had a little chat about it earlier, and we were talking about Goran Ivanovic, um, who obviously Mats knows very well indeed. And uh, he he said this thing to me, which I guess you know we both know, but sort of you know when somebody sort of package packages something in words in a way that it isn't news to you but especially Matt yeah exactly he said Goran feels like he should have won more slams than he did and he is channeling that sense of regret that fire in the belly into Milos Raonic and I you know I, I think I said it on the podcast yesterday I'm losing track of where I've said what but I hope I said it on the podcast yesterday I spoke to Milos Raonic after his uh, victory over 
Zverev, did I say in the podcast? Yes, she did. Yes. Um, that you know he was he was chit chat chit tennis tennis tennis, and then I asked him about how hard it's been on the sidelines, yeah. yeah, and suddenly he was that. a different guy. Mm. You know that that sense of what should have been, yes. what could have been, which as much as Goran's fine because he won that 2001 Wimbledon, you know he's not losing sleep, yeah. but equally. He knows the feeling of what could have been. And it never happened for him here. He didn't like, he used to get hot and bothered here. He didn't like the heat, Goran. Uh, it's quite funny watching him courtside these days. I mean, he, you know, he's, he feels like he's crossing everything. Um, and he's just permanently... He's such a sort of cool dude. He's so uncool courtside, he, he, he isn't is he? He's sitting there, he's just clenched, isn't, <laughs> isn't he? <laughs> um, I'm going to tell him that tomorrow. Um, stop being clenched, Goran. Uh, he can't. Yeah, he, no, he, well, he can't. He lives it. He, he feels it yeah. so deeply. He he would never use the sort of Agassi Dimitrovy vocab. No, would he? He he'd never it, he'd never be gives it to you straight. But um, but it's the same sort of thing, isn't oh, yeah. it? It's yeah, I I live and breathe every point with you. Yeah, no, he cares deeply about it. Cares, but, just, cares, but you know, just to just say to go back to just to go back to. Um, Nadal, we've got some people in front of us dancing because they think we're on, they're on camera. They don't understand. It's an audio podcast and that doesn't work. <laughs> they're waving. So stop being silly, folks. They're all wait- oh, it's, um, the What I wanted to say was um, the performance of Sitsipas against Batista are good today. Let's just, just talk about that briefly. I, I was enormously impressed because it's so difficult to back up a breakthrough win like that isn't it and we've seen it so many times I go back I think 24 years ago when Mark Philippus thrashed Pete Sampras in a way that we'd never seen before he threw him around like a rag doll he absolutely what was the word that Sam Briggs used sploshed him off the court and I thought we had the next great champion on our hands um and in the next round, he got sliced and diced by Mark Woodford in, in high heat and just clever, clever tennis, made it difficult and beat Philippoussis in straight sets. Uh, in 2001, we talked about how Roger Federer beat Pete Sampras. Well, he lost in the next round to Tim Henman. This stuff happens a lot. And Sid Sebas came out today and he's playing a guy who you have to beat. You cannot wait for unforced no errors. He, he was a breakdown managed to win the first set still had to endure losing the second set Batistra got playing well still being the human metronome that he is and and I know that's people might think that's that's a a criticism and, and to, I know I know what you would might mean but it's it's meant to be a if compliment if it gets the job how, done it wins you matches how do you beat this guy and that's what Sitsipas I mean, had what, to work out that's what Djokovic has done for yeah. made a you know, one of the greatest all time of all time. And he's the ultimate. Of, you know, yeah, he's the ultimate of that game. But Sitsipas found a way. Whether it was by, I mean, sometimes he was throwing. Diff, he started to throw different looks at him all the time. A bit like how John McEnroe used to say, "I'll get, you will not see the same ball twice in a row." And when once Sitsipas had worked that out a bit, it started to turn in his own direction. Plus, the guy's nerve. I mean, the sheer nerve he has to not doubt himself the way that I mean and and it does make that contrast with Zverev so stark that Zverev has yet to be able to do that on this stage yeah absolutely I mean I really think 
He sat in that press conference the other night after beating Federer and everyone was asking him about the changing of the guard. He was asked about it on court, wasn't he? By mm. It was John McEnroe, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Was it John McEnroe, yeah. Um, and, you know... I think it was Jim pe- Courier today, wasn't it? It was to Jim Courier today, but the yeah. other night it was yes. McEnroe, I think. And, uh, and you know, he, it, it was even mentioned in press, the, that 2001 Sampras-Federer match. And... And he didn't sort of balk at it because that's a match that he's had on his, <laughs> on his YouTube playlist for a long yeah. time. You know, he, he didn't sort of... A lot of time they say, oh, it's not changing the guard. I you know, I, the, 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 I'm a different player, different circumstances. He was like, yeah, I'm aware of that match. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's very much on my horizon. Um, and, it and he knew that, that it wasn't a free pass today. It was, in many respects, the opposite of a free pass because suddenly everyone's expecting him to win. But in the context of those 2001 Sampras-Federer comparisons, it was because we all know that Sampras went, uh, Federer went on to lose that match and mm. Federer still became the man that he is. And when he's a breakdown in that first set, when he's a set of piece, um, you know, it, all, at all of those moments, it all could have got on top of him mentally. It really yeah. could because it was, it was a little bit flat the atmosphere in Rod Laver well, Arena for that match. First today. match as, of the day, isn't it? As it often is for the first match, it was really hot today. The atmosphere out here was good because because that's where all the the opportunistic Greek fans were, you yeah. know. But these matches, quarterfinals onwards, pretty much they're sold out in advance. So the 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 ticket holders inside bought their tickets months ago not knowing that you know it was going to be a, a Greek guy playing so most of the Greek fans were were out here so it was a bit flat he was a bit physically flat it would have been so easy yeah. to to sort of capitulate a bit and he did anything but that um, and wow that is impressive it, it, in many ways it's more impressive than what he did against Federer the other mm. night. Um, what about what about this match against Nadal? We're, we're going to pre, we're going to talk about the uh, the women's uh, quarterfinals that we've had today in a moment. I, I, and, and we may end up talking about Nadal since best tomorrow. But I, ju- I just want to I just want to touch on it briefly. What do you think? I I think he can really. I think he can have a fight with Nadal. I think he can go toe to toe with him. I think he. I think we could be in for five sets. I think so too, yeah. I think I have to edge Nadal at the moment. Yeah, so do I. Um, I'd but be surpri- I'd be really surprised if it wasn't a tussle. Yeah, I'd be surprised if Sitsabas didn't show up. Yeah. The, oh, the, he's showing up. The serve, out wide, showing up. the serve out wide and the hooked forehand could make it very hard for him to compete. Yeah. Um, but he just gives you this sense of confidence that he's going to find a way, doesn't he? Yeah, he, I mean, and his you're not waiting for him to miss or for the penny to drop. Do you know? I was so relieved when he said he's not going to cut his hair <laughs> in the interview afterwards because I just look at him and I think, you know, I'd love to be that cool, sort of have the hair, have the well, ball. It's hair. interesting. You said I was having a chat on WhatsApp with my brother about this. Math thinks he's so uncool that he's cool. Yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't give a toss. That's he why he's cool. He doesn't give a toss. But he was. He was talking about his, in particular, his return of serve stance and comparing it to the Strokes and the way they hold held their guitar. And I can see you looking at me in a way that this conversation has no future. I'm just interested. But he said, 
you know, throughout the 90s, Nirvana, etc., the trend was hold your guitar as low as possible, even though that's not the most fruitful or efficacious way to hold your guitar. Um, efficacious. What a great word. Um, but they all did that. And then the Strokes came along and they held their guitar... You know, it's like, do you remember when you were at school and the cool thing was to have the straps in your backpack as loose as possible? You and I were at school at different times, Catherine. <laughs> Me, well, 20 years Well, when I was at earlier. school, the cool thing was to have uh, to cause yourself back trouble by having the straps on your backpack as loose, as loose as possible. And then, you know, sits passes the guy coming along going, guys, I'm preventing myself back trouble <laughs> by wearing my backpack in accordance with yeah. you know the national back pain association guidelines yeah and, and, and check me out i'm having not having back pain is cool i'm cool in my own way and and my backpack <laughs> method as a as a seagull has just dropped on my head <laughs> this has happened folks they are flying about they must if looking up into the black sky is it really here. yeah Hang on, can yeah, you yeah, lean? yeah yeah uh, looking up into the black sky, there are hundreds of seagulls, and one of them has just deposited some love upon my head. Apparently, um, it's good luck. Yeah. So, anyway, what was I going back oh. to? Backpack. Uh, anyway, I d- J- just to it didn't say, really go anywhere. But no, do you know no. what I mean? It. The coolest thing is to not care about being cool, right? Yeah. No, it's, and it he's, is. He's but, that. Yeah. I mean, I would have done. I would have. You know, cultivated my own backpack methods except that yeah that but only certain people can pull it off no, I wore my backpack high on my shirt and everyone was like oh who's that can I finish cool my girl? point in 1986 <laughs> Catherine people didn't have backpacks they had briefcases right is is that true it's true in my school right okay on we go uh, so things are weird in Birmingham yeah sits a pass against Nadal we'll do predictions tomorrow but we both yes. think five cents is where we're going when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss hello tennis podcast listeners david here now you might know that i love a bit of cooking and i think i'm quite good at it but if i'm honest even i get fed up trying to work out what to do every night that's where home chef comes in being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times well that's pretty cool Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. 
Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering tennis podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. We've had a fantastic couple of matches on, I don't know, in terms of an experience in a way. I mean, Kvitova was so destructive against Barty. It was a disappointing match. In, in, it wasn't a contest. She she prevented it from being in a contest. And I, I feel for Barty because she's so likeable. And you're drawn to her, aren't you? And she's a wonderful player, but she was not given a chance tonight. But it's so uplifting to see Kvitova when she plays like that. I know the Australians wouldn't have enjoyed it, etc. But it, but it's a wonderful sight. There's nothing quite like it in women's tennis. Maybe, uh, maybe Serena Williams when she's on. But it's just still a different look, isn't it? Um, yeah, I'm. I'm match-wise, I'm not sure either of the women's matches today were brilliant. But there were uplifting elements to both of them. I thought, you know, okay, Collins Pavlichenkova was. Uh, it was a bit like a Svitolina Keys yesterday in that it sort of looked good scoreboard-wise, and it was, it was very competitive towards the end of that second set. But actually, neither of them played mm, yeah, really yes. well at the same time. It wasn't really high-quality stuff. But I kind of enjoyed them both. The both yeah, these matches. Yeah, well, exactly. I did too, and and yeah, but it. But I didn't enjoy them in the same way that I enjoyed Serena and Hallett last night. No, no, it was different. Wasn't um, it? But I mean, I see all the things that I said two days ago about Danielle Collins. Wow, um, she's brilliant, and um, I'm getting a bit tired of people sort of being a bit dismissive or critical of traits in her that I see as pretty similar as traits in Sitsipas that are and plenty of other male players that are being really celebrated like oh she's so confident and sure of yourself and in your face and and yeah she is she is in your face she's undoubtedly in your face but confident sure of yourself and all the rest of it she is in a grand slam semi-final she's never won australian open match before she beat the world number two love and two i i'd be sure of myself if you can't be sure of yourself then honestly then when can you I love it. I love all that. <laughs> I just love so it. The fact I. she does not give a stuff what anybody thinks. Brilliant. Comes out and tells everybody what she's going to do to them. Yeah. And, and how, how much. Not, there's no she, side to it, is there? She's no. not pretending to be anything else. No, she's I'm, like, I'm it, here to win tennis matches, guys. Yeah. I mean, this look, works for there me. There will be lots of people who do not like Daniel Collins over the years to come when they watch her play. She'll rub them up the wrong way. She's too blunt. She's too loud. She's too in your face, all the rest of it. But I would urge all of those people, maybe, you know, gender aside, that's not your cup of tea. And there will be people, and fine. But I would just urge those people to, to maybe just stop and think, hang on a second, are these things that I'm not liking in her, things that I would possibly see slightly differently in a male player mm. because I, I believe Possible. that yep. there is a lot of that around yeah um, no, there, def- there definitely is but also yeah I mean I think there definitely is uh, and but at the same time she I, I like the fact that we people end up having an opinion one way or the other about a player like 
that who is prepared to just not toe the line and be all cosy she's prepared to do whatever she needs to do to win tennis matches and I mean just to bear in mind she's up against Pavlichenko who was playing blooming well um, in that, and you know, it took a right old turnaround to, for it, her to win that it match. It could easily have been Collins that went to pieces because she failed yes. to serve out that she was a set down. She got blasted away in that first set by an incredibly talented player in Pavlyuchenkova. Yeah. Um, never been past a Grand Slam. I think she's reached the quarters of three, if not all four, of the slams, but never beyond. Never yes. been to the semi before. Um, she was, yeah, she was completely outplayed in the first set, and Danielle Collins then got up in the second able to serve it out and they're back on terms at five all and it could have all gone to pieces from there and actually it was Pavly Trenkova that went to pieces in the deciding set um, so she's hard as nails and she, you know Daniel what? Collins and serving I love it. it out we were talking about it in commentary I suddenly looked up the, the prize money and I said you know this game right here is worth quarter of a million pounds if she wins it because that's you, know, you double your prize money by getting to the semi-finals. It was either um, it was either four hundred and something thousand Australian dollars for losing in the quarters, and nine hundred to lose in the uh, in, in the semis. And I think sometimes we're we're a bit dismissive about the money because it seems a bit crass to talk about the money in tennis. You know, these people are by and large already multi-millionaires, and you don't well, want she to isn't. think. You, exactly. I mean, you don't want to think of them in terms of seeing the paycheck on the finishing line and therefore we don't want to talk about it in terms in those terms but when you know it's someone that isn't seeing that paycheck in terms of ferraris no uh, i mean that's a life changer really exactly um, because she she's put herself through college with her family support but she's the only one who did from that family and she didn't come from a, a privileged background and I mean, you heard about Francis Tiafa the other day saying, "I wanted to change. I've wanted to change my life and my family's lives, and that's what I've been able to do. That's why he got so emotional. And you know, she's going to have that opportunity the way she's going. Um, so, more power to her. It's a fantastic story, and I love watching her play personally. And, and it's it's going to be. Wasn't very... much aggro with Pavlyuchenko though, was there? No, I mean there was no. I, th- I think it wasn't. It wasn't the warmest handshake I've ever seen. But in terms of during match aggro no, it was bit of a disappointing on the yeah, David we'll, we'll, front we'll have some of that in the future she won't have it against uh, Petra Kvitovic <laughs> Petra's too nice too um, nice yeah she's um, just lovely isn't love, she? I mean uh, gritty a, a very still emo- gritty very emotional lovely. moment in the interview with Jim Courier at the end uh, when he said did you given all you've been through did you think that this might never happen I think were, were the, was the kind of thing he said uh, over the last two years and she yeah she was at that point very emotional she had her racket hand sliced open mm. she, in, in an, if you hadn't heard that story she was I mean, attacked in her own apartment by uh, somebody she didn't know somebody who broke in attacked her with a knife um, she tried to defend herself and she got her racket hand terribly badly cut she still doesn't have full sensation yeah. in her um, racket hand and she, she still can't fully form a fist initially I mean, it was about saving her hand let alone her career um, yeah I mean you know. the, of all the stories and there are so many and I think because it's not quite fresh at the moment you know she came back she came back incredibly quickly the the French Open um, 2017 um, 
And at that stage, it was just, oh my goodness, I'm happy to be here. And then she had that incredible 2018 where, you know, she rose back to the top five in the rankings. She won, I think, five titles, but actually by a quirk of Petra Gvidovinus didn't do anything at the Grand Slams. I mean, much, yeah. much to David Lord's J- just on uh, disappointment. I mean, cr- but, what's going uh, so I on think here? it's like, you know, we've all been through all of the Petra Gvidovinus. And let's. And when I think of her, I think of, yes, there was her, her French Open comeback, and that was all lovely. And I can't, for the. I can't in the moment remember. She had a surprise victory in the first round over somebody I can't quite remember and it was all this wonderful story and everything was a bonus for her and then she went to Wimbledon and suddenly people are saying Petra Kvitova she's two time Wimbledon champion and no no I'm talking <laughs> about 2017 no I picked her to win that one oh. as well. <laughs> and she ended up having what I would call a panic attack yeah. on court yeah. against Madison Brengel and suddenly it was like hang on a second this stuff as much as she might be a total superhuman this stuff does not go away. This will be with her probably forever. And yeah. It's something she's living with. It's not something she's got over. Um, so I think <laughs> maybe we'll need to check ourselves a bit with Petra Gavitova yeah. and, and maybe similar to Rafael Nadal, although very different circumstances, not take it for granted. And I know it's not about me, <laughs> but... but. She's let you, she let you it, down. Why, why is she, she doing, doing it, it now? now? I mean, she could have done this at the US Open or Wimbledon when I predicted her to win the title. Well, I I mean, it's I feel the same. I looked at that prediction sheet and I thought, well, David's been made a fool of. Thanks. I, mean, I, don't, I don't want to be, you know... I had a high the, opinion of Petra Kvita until then. Anyway, uh, I'll, I'll get, I've got over it folks as you can tell um, tomorrow so uh, Naomi Osaka at uh, 11 o'clock start tomorrow Catherine uh, Naomi Osaka against Alina Svitolina who's winning Osaka I think okay um, I think we are going to get Osaka Serena semi yeah I think I'll go Osaka as well I actually had a good chat with Andrew Bettles uh, Linus Fisolina's coach today lovely guy and great great coach he's turning turned into and doing a really good job with Fisolina but yeah she's been there and done it Osaka so I'll have to go for that I'm not going to we're not going to give you any more predictions because the rest of them are going in the newsletter which you need to subscribe to folks uh, Catherine mm, Grandmatter myself they? yes they are Grandmatter and I do, uh, do one every day and I got Daniel Collins right today excellent uh, I find that annoying because I thought Daniel Collins was going to win, but I didn't consider that a notable prediction, so oh, that, I didn't submit it. That's a cop-out. I just said it first and got in there, and you couldn't take it anymore because I'd already got it. So there we are. Uh, now, uh, the rest of the day, not before 1 o'clock local time, is Serena Williams against Karolina Pliskova. Uh, then we've got Milos Raonic against Luka Pui. Uh, and then in the evening session is Djokovic against Nishikori with the doubles of Sam Stoser and Zhang Shui against Stritseva and Vondrusheva. Uh, oh, how about this on the Margaret Court Arena tomorrow? Ebert and Mahu against the Bryan brothers. Oh, isn't Bob Bryan doing well with his old hip? Yeah, I tell you what, we we should talk about that some more. Um, not tonight, but uh, I... I mental note yeah mental, mental note. and vocal note that we will come we'll back to Bob Bryan because yeah, that's amazing it is amazing we're just about done for tonight folks um, 
as I said, newsletter. Go and read Grad Matt's blog, which uh, he's been doing every day here from Melbourne, telling you all sorts of stories. Uh, this one, let's just see what Grad Matt is talking about today, because I haven't had a chance to have a, a sort of chapter and verse tennis. read of it. Yeah, but there's definitely tennis. He's been talking about the coaches' press conference, which I was quite fascinated by. I, I, I wanted to know, because they've just started doing this on the WTA circuit, getting the press, getting the coaches in for press conferences. So uh, we've had Sasha we've had Patrick Moritoglu because he never gets a chance to talk usually um, stop <laughs> laughing Catherine um, he's also talking about Lena is grad Matt in, in the blog today she was here inducted into the International Tennis Hall of Fame and he's also got a little Q&A going with our listeners hey grad Matt yeah go on son um, so there's that uh, there's our, our Instagram page in which we've got pictures of seagulls all over it because we've just been taking them um, and we are shat on by them yeah <laughs> Catherine we're together yes that's happened um, and other things uh, what else have I got to say yes the blog newsletter Instagram uh, tell your mates about the tennis podcast right if you see people random people in the street who like tennis or if you go to tennis or if you go and play tennis tell them about the tennis podcast get them to listen so we can all join in together and we'll be back again tomorrow we'll see you then 